This is Brain Diet, episode 140, Finding the Light with Kim DeCarroll, the fittest blind person on earth. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I cannot overstate how thrilled I am to share this episode with you. This is an interview with the fittest blind person on earth. Her name is Kim DeCarroll, and she is brilliant. If you didn't know, October is Blindness Awareness Month. Now, I believe this episode will be releasing the first week of November, so have it on your calendar for next year to be aware that October is Blindness Awareness Month. I also was diagnosed three years ago in October with a disease that causes blindness and paralysis, so the timing of this episode just seemed incredibly fitting, and I still am kind of drying up tears because it was such a powerful episode So please, without further ado, please enjoy my wonderful conversation with the amazing Kim DeCarroll. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. I am overwhelmed to have our guest on today, and I'm going to try and keep it together through this episode because I just am so honored and feel such a connection to this person, and I'm so excited to share her with those that don't know of her yet. So I have here with me, Kim D. Carroll. And Kim, you are the fittest blind person on earth. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Like, oh, I guess so. (laughs) So that's what they say. So they tell me. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about you. Well, yeah, my name is Kim DeCarroll, and I live in San Jose, California, and I um, am a totally blind CrossFit athlete, and a mom, and a wife, and a massage therapist, and so much more, but yeah, that's me kind of in a in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, and that's one thing that I'm so excited to dig into today is you are just an amazing human being. And the fact that you are blind, I feel like is such a small portion of who you are and what you have shown the world. And so I, I just love that we get the chance to hear a little bit more about you. How many kids do you have? I have two kids. Cooper is 14 and Easton is 10. So two boys. Oh man, that's so amazing. So let's begin. I want to hear your story. I know that you began losing vision when you were a really young child. Is that right? Yes. I was born with a genetic eye condition called retinitis pigmentosa. Mm -hmm. And it is a degenerative retina condition and um sometimes in people it doesn't show or the symptoms don't come out until they're older but I started losing vision right away I was diagnosed when I was five years old because teachers at school you know started noticing that I was tripping over things or not able to see the chalkboard so anyway Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed when I was five and started learning cane travel and braille and life skills right away because I was told that I would most likely be totally blind by young adulthood. So I, you know, went to school like a pretty, well, average, but not average because my life was automatically very different. But I went on to college and earned a degree in dance. I was always a dancer. And part of that was because growing up, I knew I could never play sports because I couldn't see well enough to see a ball or the sun really hurt my eyes, things like that. But I made it through college um, 
And then I started working as a massage therapist. I decided after college that I knew, or during college, that I knew I couldn't make it as a dancer because of my eyes. You know, and as college went on, I started noticing more and more, you know, the vision that I was losing. And when you have less to lose, it becomes bigger. Those little spots of vision become more and more important. And as those go away, it becomes more and more apparent of what you no longer have. So I was realistic and sad, but I was realistic in knowing I wasn't going to go down to LA or New York and make it as a dancer. So I also knew I was really great with the body and touch and I was fascinated by healing and helping um you know injury so I decided to become a massage therapist and that led me to um getting a job at a chiropractic office where I met my husband and he was a chiropractor yeah. and so it was just meant to be and our life went from there. And um, so when, and, and then he was the one who introduced me into CrossFit and kind of the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. It's like, well, yeah, you weren't meant to be a dancer in LA and New York. You were meant to be the fittest blind person on earth. I, I think <laughs> arguably that's, that's a cooler title to bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do think so, too. I, I think this was, you know, you think all through your life, not I wasn't really like a pity person, but you do think like, why me? Why is this happening? Why am I going through this? And I, I think as long as we are open minded and open hearted to our lives, you know, you're going to end up wherever you're meant to be. And did I ever think I would end up here? No way. Because I truly thought when my husband drug me into the CrossFit gym, kicking and screaming and crying, like <laughs> there was no way I could do it. And then I realized I could. And I realized I could do more and more and more. And yeah, and it just led to such amazing opportunities and people and just such a world that I'm so blessed to live in. Yeah. So retinitis pigmentosa, you said it's a degenerative condition. Is that yeah. classified? Cause you mentioned an autoimmune condition. Is this classified as an autoimmune condition since it is? No, it's totally, totally separate from all my autoimmune issues. Just lucky, you know, just lucky. lucky. <laughs> <laughs> You know, okay. people say, oh, God won't give you anything you can't handle. There's some points in life that I was like, okay. <laughs> Are we sure good. about this? <laughs> we're I'm really not good sure. now. <laughs> How about we stop here? Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. So then your husband introduces you to CrossFit. Well, okay, let me back up. So at what point, at what age did you have full vision loss. So it started when you were five and it was just a series okay. of losses. Yes. So now we rewind to my early twenties. I was like, I'll never forget the day I was 23 years old. And right at this point I could still, I was out of college kind of faced reality, but I was still working as a choreographer and was still dancing. And um, my grandmother had broken her shoulder and mm -hmm. I was braiding her hair for her. And all of a sudden my shoulder like literally froze up and is so painful. And I thought, what is this? Sympathy pains, grandma. <laughs> and then the next day I woke up and I couldn't straighten my other arm. And then the next day it was the other arm. And then within two weeks or less, I couldn't make a fist. And it just progressed this, this unbearable pain and immobilization through my entire body. And my knees went, like I had, I noticed I had to start stepping sideways off of curbs or else my knees would buckle. Um, 
if I was barefoot, it felt like I was walking on hot rocks. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just got worse and worse. And at first, of course, I was like, oh my gosh, my parents were right. I destroyed my body dancing. <laughs> this is all because <laughs> I danced too much. <laughs> uh, and then I started noticing things like, well, like my hands started turning. If I got even a little bit cold or nervous, my hands started turning black and then like litter and it was so painful. And then literally they turned dead white and it would creep up my arms. And the only way, and my feet would do the same. My feet were, were in shoes. Um, so I started taking like a four hot showers a day. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm going to all these doctors who are trying to figure it out. And um, eventually I was diagnosed as having lupus with um, symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. And so that is my immune system was attacking my body and at that point it was primarily attacking my joints and circulatory system so um that was awful and that is really when i was like okay i thought being blind was crappy this is like a billion times way more crappy and um i lived like that for i don't know four years and I was on all the medications. I was mm -hmm. on chemotherapy. I was put on all the immune suppressants. I was put on, I, I don't even know anymore, just so mm -hmm. much. And it never made me one inkling better. None. Symptoms were still God awful. I couldn't do anything. And I was like young and no. I, it was I would never go back. I would never go back to my twenties. I mean, I can't even, I mean, I, be, then I couldn't tell the difference between symptoms and side effects because of all the meds I was throwing up all the time. I was like so skinny. I was like the shell of the person I used to be. And I'd always still try to keep moving. Like I'd force myself to try to go swimming or something, but I just lived in agony. And um, then one day my husband and I went to the doctors and um, they said, well, the medications we are starting to destroy your organs. So we're going to take you off of them for a little while. And I'm like, oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah, like, so then, <laughs> I guess. <cool. laughs> and so... Um, when we left, I remember saying to Adam, my husband saying, I just can't, I can't live like this anymore. I mean, I knew I couldn't jump off a bridge, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I didn't know. And he said, okay, let's figure it out. And he came to me and said, you're going on a totally gluten-free diet. We're changing everything. And long story short, within... I don't know, a month or so, I started feeling better. And eventually I found myself crying while running on a treadmill because I never, never, I never thought I'd be able to do anything mm -hmm. anymore. And so then life was good. Things were better. So I pause. Did you still have this diagnosis of lupus or was it celiac or Hashimoto's or, or did they have even a new diagnosis or was it just, no, they didn't believe anything. You know, I walked out, I went back to that doctor and I said, cause they wanted to put me back on all the medications. Yeah. And yeah. I said, but look, I can bend my knees and I can move my hands. And they just said, no, that's not proven. So mm here's your chemo back. <laughs> and I said, no, actually it's more my husband. Cause I was really wimpy still. <laughs> he said, he said, we'll be taking her medical records and leaving. So, yeah. um, so anyway, then I was great. And 
You know, this is where I really think if I had continued the life I had been living, I would have died and they would have just said I died of lupus because one day, years, a couple of years later, I accidentally ate something that had gluten in it. I was told that something was gluten-free and it was not gluten-free and I ate it. And then I thought, well, when I was told that it was actually not gluten-free, I thought, oh, my joints are going to kill. My, I'm going to swell up. I'm going to have face rash. I'm going to have all these things, but you know, I'll just have to detox. And now within a week, I was hospitalized in total liver failure. So at that point, my immune system had attacked my liver instead mm -hmm. of my joints. So um, that led to uh, a bunch of procedures. And I mean, my, I remember sitting there while the doctor was talking to my husband saying, if she doesn't get a donor within two weeks, then she will die. And you're thinking, well, but I have stuff to do. Like my kid has a soccer. <laughs> like, that's a little bit inconvenient. Can you? Yeah. Who's going to change Easton's diapers? Like, but, so yeah, I'm like, this isn't going to fit into the schedule. So that actually turned into, um, yeah, some bunch of procedures. And then it eventually led to an emergency surgery because I was uh, bleeding internally so badly that they and they didn't know where it was coming from so I was rushed into a surgery and at that point they pretty much told Adam that if they you know they didn't know if they were going to be able to stop the bleeding and if I would make it through the surgery which I did but when I came out of the surgery I any vision I had still had was gone. And so wow. I healed from that surgery and I really, you know, I, it didn't like ever hit me per se. I didn't wake up and say like, shit, I can't see this is hell. Da, 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 da. Like mm -hmm. I just thought like, whoa, it will come back, you know, I'll feel better. And then what vision I did have, it will come back after my body heals, but it just, it never, it never did. Yeah. So, and, you know, and that's when things changed mentally for me and that I did heal from that and then had to be, you know, ultra careful. I did end up in liver failure one another time from same situation. So, you know, I still have to be extremely careful and I am extremely grateful for every day and everything my body can do because we truly never know. But that's when I started losing a sense of identity. Like I really felt like that, like, well, I used to be somebody too. Mm -hmm. I used to be able to, I used to, and you know, my husband, yeah. my husband had, already been going to CrossFit for a few years. And it was then, I mean, he knows me better than anybody. Mm -hmm. And I mean, probably even at that point, he knew, he knew me better than I knew myself. Yeah. And he came home one day or whatever. And he said, you're going to the CrossFit with me today. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'll smash my face. I can't see anything. I've never, you know, I've never seen anything CrossFit, mm -hmm. no barbell movements or this gymnastic stuff besides, you know, when I was a kid watching the Olympics. But, um, you know, he believed I could do it. And that was kind of, that was the beginning. Okay. I went the first day and it was, terrifying and I cried and it was awful. And then by the time I left, I thought I could, I can do this. Yeah. Well, what I think is just so incredible as an understatement is just to look at the extremes that the ends of the spectrum that you have been on, right. To have gone through such severe health challenges 
And now to truly, you know, not necessarily be on the other side of it, but to be where you are physically with what capabilities you have, I mean, really, truly like blown away expectations. I'm sure based on what you said, it's like things can get so hard day to day to imagine being someone that's so extremely fit is such a far reach. And it's just incredible to hear you recount this story. And I, what do you feel like, I mean, it sounds like your husband is, is, is a gem in, in having introduced you to CrossFit and all of that. (laughs) How, how did you continue each day? How did you get up each day and, and keep on with your life when things were so hard? You know, I think partially I've, I've never been just naturally a um, pessimist and I'm naturally a very, per se, let's say like good student. You know, you're told you have to go to work, so you go to work. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. You know, I I was raised in a, like, my life was fine, but my parents were strict in the sense of, like, giving me, this is what you do. I mean, even as a visually impaired child, there was no question. You will do this, you will go to school, you will go to college. And that is something I... I'm very grateful for, but I think it's partially just in my, in my personality, but Mm -hmm. as things became hard, I mean, I look back at those days in my twenties and then afterwards, after, I mean, all the liver failure and everything. And it's, it's, I still feel so much for that person that I was and still deal with. I mean, you know, everybody even, you know, they talk about, oh, you're the fittest blind, whatever athlete on earth. And it's like, well, yeah, but, you know, I do these competitions (laughs) and my circulation, I still, my hands always are purple or black and I still deal with this pain that I go through, but I realized somewhere along the way, this is my choice. I'm choosing this. I would, I need to be a role model to my children. I need to do this for myself. And then of course, finding this CrossFit community of people, people like you who reach out to me, I don't feel like I need to do this for anybody else, but I know it's in me. And if I can then be some sort of help to somebody else or some sort of um, sense of support, I'm going to keep pushing because I know I, I can do it. Yeah. And it's a whole different level of respect. I I didn't realize the level of your, uh, the severity of your health in the other areas. And so, I mean, of course, I've been impressed with you for as long as I followed you, but the fact that you are blind and afflicted with other ailments that would push people much further away from picking up a barbell is, is incredible. It's extraordinary. And I just... I feel so inspired and on my podcast, I'm very candid. I also, I have an autoimmune condition where it attacks the brain and the spinal cord and the optic nerve causes blindness and paralysis. I'm currently on chemotherapy treatments and it is that loss of identity. And with every symptom, every event, every relapse, there is a whole new configuration of or you have to come up with a whole new configuration of how, who you are and how you see yourself and how you relate to the world. And so to have to do that over and over again, to me, it, it seems like it's somewhat of a refiner's fire for you in that you had to do it so many times and have still come out stronger mentally and physically, not to mention the fact that Olympic lifts like snatch and clean and jerk. And like, those are really technical and difficult lifts for 
people that can see. <laughs> like there's yeah. so much that goes into it. Like the fact, like of all of the hobbies, I mean, it's not a hobby, but of things that you could have chosen to get involved with. I think that weightlifting <laughs> and CrossFit movements are among the most complicated. And so it just is like, I'm just tickled <laughs> that that's the way it, it went it, for you. That is, and honestly, that is, I mean, that's my, that makes me so proud of myself, right? Yeah. Like even to this morning, I was doing a complex of cleans and jerks. And I do still think in my mind, I've never actually seen one of these before. Never. <laughs> and I can do that. <laughs> and, you know, one, a long time yeah. ago now, I guess not that long ago, but my very first big CrossFit competition, an athlete came up to me, no joke, and said, well, blindness doesn't affect weightlifting. So, <laughs> and I was like, really, really? Like one, um, have you ever tried to balance on one foot, like even with your eyes closed, but, you know, try to do a snatch. I dare you with your eyes shut. Yep. <laughs> Tell me how your balance works out. But also I've never even seen one of these lifts before. So you know, learning through totally audio cues. And I do consider myself, and I, I really do try to um, share this with the adaptive community, mm -hmm. is because I do have a very strong dance background, I am extremely lucky that I did grow up with very good body proprioception. Mm. So, you know, when other people, when things like snatches are put in the vision division for, um, you know, these competitions, pretty much I'd say almost based on because I can do them. I often want to say like, but if somebody had never done CrossFit before and was totally blind and went into a CrossFit gym and started I, I really wouldn't, they can do it. They can, they can learn. They wouldn't take it out of their programming, but it is much harder for somebody that has, is just a beginner of fitness. That's totally blind mm -hmm. to really harness that balance and body proprioception because it really is, it is a thing yeah. that people don't realize because you know, Blindness is also an invisible disability, which throws people off. Right, right. Because you wouldn't know that from looking at you, watching the videos of you working out, you would never realize that that was what you were dealing with. And yet it can be so debilitating. I mean, I think of how many times I fall, trip, hit my shins, face, like, and I'm able to see pretty well. <laughs> and so it's like mm -hmm. just incredible. I think what you have shared bring something to mind for me in that when it comes to our health, especially when we have conditions, autoimmune conditions and otherwise lifestyle, how we move and how we eat can have a drastic effect on how it manifests. Yes. Now, I think a lot of times in the health and fitness community, people emphasize that to the point where we can kind of feel ashamed when our body doesn't work as it quote unquote should, as we're like, oh, it's because I'm not eating well enough. Or it's because I'm not moving well enough. But the truth is there is so much that's out of our control when it comes to, especially autoimmune conditions. There's so much that we cannot control. There's a lot that I believe that we can, we can influence a great deal with how we move our bodies and how we eat, but there's so much that we can't control. And that space where we can't control what happens with our body is where our mind has to come in. We have to be the ones to be deliberate with what's happening inside our brains to yeah be able to continue on when it feels like our body is betraying us. And that's what I feel like you are such a pure demonstration of is you have figured out a very important nutrition piece that your body does not tolerate gluten very well, very well, doesn't tolerate it at all, almost kills you <laughs> to yeah. say it lightly, but to figure out that piece and then to move your body, but also the way that you are just even speaking and describing your train of thought as you navigate workouts and things, it just speaks to your mental fortitude when your body doesn't do exactly what you might want it to. And, and I do think, and I've really, um, 
been exploring this in my mind a lot lately uh, with both autoimmune and especially then with vision loss is, you know, vision loss, like in other forms of adaptive athletes or just disabilities, right? Let's take adaptive athletes. When somebody loses a limb, then that's it. Their arm is gone and they're learning. They learn their life with one arm where vision loss. I mean, I was told at the age of five, someday you'll be blind. And then you're living like that and dealing with it's so mentally effed up, you know, in a lot of ways, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like to put it mildly. Yeah. And so Truly, I think I found more freedom in my visual impairment and being blind once there was nothing left to lose because it was so uh, soul wrenching. Like, you know, this is happening. You know, you're losing more vision. So you get used to living one way and then boom, that's taken away. I mean, I was never allowed to drive. I never had vision um, good enough to drive. But mm -hmm. think about that. People that are, you know, losing their vision, boom, now we're taking away your driver's license. There goes your freedom. Now, boom, now you can't read this. You can't read your computer screen. You know, it just constantly changes your life. And it constantly is having to uh, change your mindset and be okay with it. I mean, so now for me, there's so much that goes on in my brain all the time. I mean, I smash into something and I'm constantly thinking or talking to myself, Kim, you are okay. You are here right now. You know where you are at this moment. I mean, it's a constant, it is a constant battle. And with, you know, the same with autoimmune disease of figuring out okay like i'm really prone to stress well like my body is affected right, right. by stress and temperature changes and having to mentally constantly be telling myself you are okay like you mm -hmm. can get through this and it does have to become a choice and a routine and just not not giving into what would be easy to say well oh well i can't drive anymore then i guess i'll just lay in bed right right sort of thing. well and i think that for one thing with autoimmune conditions there is a requirement for a, a sort of hyper awareness for those types of things for things that you know could trigger certain events but i think what is so unique about a lack of vision. I don't think there are many other physical symptoms that could be as debilitating for such a long period of time. I mean, even people that can't walk, there's still a level of functionality that they can maintain as they interact with the world. And and I don't want to yeah. speak it's... ill of, of anybody that's dealing with, you know, severe conditions, but I think that, sure. that blindness is quite a unique condition because of the limitations that it place, places upon you and yeah. you become it's a very um isolating yes uh, and, and you've you've alluded to that on instagram as well that there is a loneliness that comes with blindness that is is deep and so yeah. tell tell us about what that looks like for you and how you navigate that sense of loneliness well i mean i was even recently you know thinking about this and was doing some research and it turns out you know 90 90% of human communication has nothing to do with talking it's all nonverbal cues so you know people communicate with like a wink at each other or a smirk or a wave or i mean how often and how often do i stand anywhere i'm at a baseball game and everyone all of a sudden is cheering and you're like oh i have no idea what just happened 
and or I'm at the gym and all of a sudden everyone's laughing and nah, I have no idea what happened. And it's it's really easy to feel so crappy. You know, I both of my boys play ice hockey and I really have to um it's a lot of there's a lot of self-talk in the world of blindness because we live inside of our brains. Right. So much. You're yeah. not I'm not distracted by the beautiful butterfly or the skating. I'm not I'm not watching the game. It's all everything that is going on is in my my mind and I'm taking in from listening. But there's a lot of times, especially you know, went out my boys' hockey games, and you know, my husband reminds me of this all the time as well. So I'm glad I have that support of saying it doesn't matter that you can't see it. It's they know you are here. They know you are here. Because sometimes I get really sad and mad inside because you know everyone starts cheering, and then I'm thinking, I wonder if that was my kid that just did the game winning goal. (laughs) And then you find out it was, and you're like, God, I'm missing out on a lot, but I really, and you know, I'm 40 years old. I've been living with this my entire life and I'm really just coming to be, um, stronger about, all of it and being able to recognize that, okay, like I, it doesn't matter that I can't hear what everyone's laughing about at the gym. I'm here to practice my pull-ups and I can, it almost now drives me to be, use my body, use my hearing, use, use what I do have and all the gifts that that brings me to be better and stronger because yeah, there's going to be a lot that I miss out on. So I might as well make the best absolutely all the time with what I do have. And I'm very aware then like, well, if that could go away and if this could come and go, Mm -hmm. then what else could happen? So let's make the best of life. I think that's one of the unique challenges of chronic conditions is the reality of our fragility comes to the yes. full for, forefront of our awareness because it just, I mean, all of us at any point could get hit by a bus, like anything could happen. But with conditions like this, there's just that constant reminder of how temporary things can be. And I think for many people that could send them down a spiral of despair. And so to hear you talk about how it sounds as if it's brought you to be a little bit more present, a lot more present, just to be like, this is what I got. So this is what I'm going to take advantage of, which I think is just such a powerful way to live. Well, so many people, you know, they say like, wow, it's so incredible that you can't see and you can do a box jump. And really in my mind, I'm actually thinking I can now do a box jump. I used to not even be able to step off of a curb without being an agonizing pain like sure I can do this blind but I can do this I'm more I'm just just so grateful because of having lupus and going through Mm -hmm. and knowing like that anything could happen with it and I'm just so aware and I'm not perfect every day you don't think I don't wake up saying like (laughs) oh So like I'm not, I'm you not and me like, both. I'm not some like freaky superhero that's like always the sun is shining, the birds. But that's are singing, what makes you human. But, that's what is so yeah. beautiful about and it. And I do want. Human. I mean, I do want to share that, especially with other visually impaired people. You know, it's normal to feel sad or mad or why me. As long as you just you can feel that way, but get out of bed, put your shoes on and go outside and listen to the birds or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. you have to keep on going, even if it's terrible. Yeah, That's, that's just the way, just the way it is. <laughs> well, I, oh my gosh. Right. And I think that if you look at the way you describe 
your thoughts about your body and the fact that it is gratitude towards it most of the time, right? You know, I think it is important to acknowledge that piece is that there are, it's such a mixed bag of emotions, but at the end of the day, we can be sad and still choose to be grateful for our body. We can be mad and still choose to show up. And I think that's what you're demonstrating. And that's what makes it so accessible to everybody is it's like, well, yeah, we can all feel terrible and like crap sometimes, but we still get to be the one to say, well, what am I going to do with this right now in this moment? And what are you going to choose to do to try to make it better? Or different? You know, I've so many people that I speak to that have autoimmune disorders may say, especially say something like Crohn's disease. And I'll say, like, well, try something, try something. Obviously, something going in isn't liking coming out or, you know, like try something to change it, whether it's your diet, whether it's exercise, whether you got to try something and people can be so stubborn, like, well, but I'm an emotional eater. Yeah. Well, I'm not like, resigning oh, like, for it. You yeah. just want to give people like some sort of like drive to change something. The only because I mean, I didn't think I could change things. And then I found out, I realized I, I could and what a difference it made in my life and continues to make in my life. And right. you just want that for everybody. <laughs> right, right. And to not have to be blind to come to that point of realization. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So you have a phrase that I just love. And it's, you say, fight blindness by living in the light. So what does that mean to you to live in the light? Well, from basically the moment I was diagnosed with RP, I would go to the doctors every year and it was always my parents. And I mean, obviously they're my parents, so they, they want the best. But I would listen to my doctors and my parents, my parents asking, when's the cure? When's the miracle? When's the cure? When's the cure? Every year. And every year it was always no cure, no cure, no cure. And it was always so depressing. And I really, once I um, came into this CrossFit world, the adaptive CrossFit world, I I just really realized we're not waiting around. There's no waiting around for a cure. There's no waiting for a miracle. No one's handing them out. So we need to fight blindness by just living, by being our best selves and being happy with who we are regardless. And I mean, even when I started CrossFit, I never told people that I couldn't see. I was, I don't know if it's ashamed, embarrassed. I don't know what it was. Um, I just had so many like bad experiences where it was kind of held against me or I was put down because of it. So I would just avoid situations where people might find out and it really took the sport of CrossFit you know I was at a competition and all of a sudden strangers were coming up to me saying oh my gosh we just found out you can't see and you're awesome and I was like really like wow and it gave me the empowerment to say yes I am blind and I am still here and you can see me, I can't see me, but I, it gave me just a freedom. And I really think that's the way to fight back against these afflictions or illnesses that we have is just to not let, not let the darkness win. Well, I'm just over here in tears. I'll just let that pause be there for a second. <laughs> I think that is just such a powerful message to share with the world that I I feel so lucky to be to be experiencing it with you here and I know that you have inspired so many people. Um I want to talk about your workout. So for those that are unfamiliar with the way that CrossFit works, um 
each workout each day is generally given a name and they can be silly and weird and they just range from all sorts of different types of things. But Kim, you have a workout that you programmed called Finding the Light. Yes. I and was... I have it written here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's three rounds for time, mm -hmm. 20 dumbbell thrusters, 20 double unders, 20 burpee box jumps, and 20 pull-ups. Yeah? Yep. Okay. So tell me how you chose those movements. Well, um, one in a in the world of adaptive CrossFit. So with adaptive CrossFit, um, people, let's say with disabilities, we compete at the same level as an able-bodied athlete, but um, movements can be modified to keep the stimulus of the workout, but have things like uh, consideration for safety and actual physical um, ability to do things. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, I chose dumbbell thrusters because often I do those instead of wall balls. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I wanted to do dumbbell thrusters because the able-bodied athlete might say, Oh, well, there's dumbbell thrusters. That's like nothing compared to a uh, wall ball and you, and you pick up two 35 pound dumbbells and realize maybe you'd rather do some wall balls. But, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that'd be good to put something in that is an adapted movement for me. Um, I chose double unders. Um, it's the same perspective of realizing that when you can't see in your jumping rope, how much are you actually moving around and um, unaware of where you have traveled in space. Mm -hmm. And the idea then would be to not open your eyes and try to move to the next movement and realize you're actually turned all the way around and three feet away from where you think you started. And now you have to find your box to yep. do your burpee box jumps. Yeah. And I put in burpee box jumps because they are basically like my party trick, right? Because blind people doing box jumps is awesome. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and pull-ups, yeah, because I like pull-ups. And so, and I just felt so honored because yes, CrossFit loves their signature workouts and that they partnered with me in doing this. They, I chose the movements in CrossFit games, chose the rep scheme. And I really thought that was cool. I didn't know if they purposely did the 2020, 2020 as oh, like perfect vision. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just so honored that they wanted to, um, I mean, they kind of chose me for this and that we got to do it together and that they are helping me to spread this awareness for, um, Blindness Awareness Month. And I mean, talk about crying of gratitude. This month, this has been the best Blindness Awareness Month I think I'll ever have in my life. Just the amount of gyms and athletes and programming companies and people that, that are reaching out in different languages and sending me videos of them wow. doing the workout. And it's just been and the stories people are sending me about their vision loss or their children's vision loss, it's been remarkable. Yeah. I, I so I, I can't even explain it. Yeah. I truly believe you have done so much good for the world. And I think, especially considering that vision loss can be such an isolating experience to feel like you have people in your corner that are rallying for you um and that there is a community i think is just such a powerful way to 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 keep going and to know that you know you're going to be okay i think that's yeah. absolutely incredible and that was actually one message that i did get the other day that left me sobbing in my kitchen was from a mother saying that her daughter is 18 months old and has a eye condition and she's you know been worried 
since she was born about what her life is going to be like and that finding me, you know, she knows now her daughter is going to be fine. And, and I, I never had that when I was a kid. I mean, I don't think it was purposeful. I think we're just a different generation. Totally. Um, but I just wish somebody had sat me down when I was a little kid and said, you're going to be okay. Like no matter what happens with your eyes, you're going to be fine. And so I just really want to spread that. And, you know, this workout, um, CrossFit released the trailer to an upcoming documentary that should be released then at the end of the month about my CrossFit journey. So this whole, you know, this whole workout has been leading up to something. I mean, obviously I haven't even, you know, seen what the documentary is going to be. I'm just so excited that I just, just to have this, to have this community that gives me strength beyond my wildest dreams. And I, I hope to share that strength and with anybody, they don't need to be blind to anybody that just needs it. Yeah. Well, you are certainly doing that. Um, tell us where the documentary will air. It will be for sure on CrossFit Games YouTube and CrossFitGames.com. Beyond that, I do not know yet. Well, that's that's enough. That I yeah, will be I running that's to right. YouTube to set my alarm for that. That's just incredible. Yeah. Um, well, to just close up, tell us where people can find you. You can find me primarily all the time on Instagram. I am Kim Possible, K-Y-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-X-O-X-O. And is that a play on the, on the show? Like the cartoon? Because I love that show. And when I saw your handle, I'm like, I hope that's what that was. Cause I grew up watching that. I love it. It's so fitting. And then I am on Facebook as Kim DeCarroll, K-Y-M-D-E-K-E-Y-R-E-L. But it's really just a double of Instagram, just less exciting. It it seems like that's, (laughs) that's the nature of all things today. It's just a lot of duplicates. (laughs) duplicates. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not as a voiceover, which, so, you know, I can do most everything on my phone by myself because Apple technology is amazing as voiceover, but Facebook, even though it's the same company is a little less voiceover friendly than Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully they can get their act together. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it might be, it might be me more than them. I don't know. <laughs> No, we can blame them. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kim, I just, I can't thank you enough um, for your time today and for your message. I am just feeling extremely inspired. Just as I've been scrolling through your Instagram, I, I can never do it without tearing up just because I'm so inspired. And I also just feel connected to you as it sounds like so many in the world do because of how willing you have been to share your story and to share your successes as well as your sorrows. So Thank you so much for joining me here on the show today. Please, everyone, go check out Kim. She will make your day better. I can guarantee it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon.